0: Novel.
1: Yo, God, ODB been visiting me, God. You too? ODB been walking with me, G. You too? Yeah. Welcome to the club. He been walking with me. <laughs> In 2019, nearly 15 years after ODB passed away, I called Papa Wu to tell him about visits that I was having from ODB. As this series comes to a close, I want to revisit this phone call and a few other moments on this journey. Over the years, I felt as if I was in ODB's presence a few times. Papa Wu, or Freedom Allah as I knew him, he saw ODB and felt his presence everywhere. That's that nigga, man.
0: He wanted to let me know his presence that he was dear, right? So Dirty, do he have a way of putting this out in other people's bodies to let you know that he's
1: his presence? He's in me right now calling you. Yeah. The truth is, it was never just us. Dirty's essence had been felt profoundly by so many. The brother's been gone a long time, but he endures so strongly, even now. Dirty's loss was felt by his friends, his family, his fans, and the culture. It's an absence that some people are going to struggle with forever. But I know that some, like Papa Wu, took strength from the survival of Dirty's spirit and power of his memory. Dirty was a brother who left a deep mark on the people that he touched and the world around him. When he was grabbing mics and storming stages 30 years ago, I'm not sure the God himself knew just how legendary he'd become. I want to understand why ODB is so unforgettable and why his presence is still so powerful. From USG Audio, Novel, and Talkhouse. this is ODB, A Son Unique, Episode 8. Sometimes the name makes a man. Papa Wu would sometimes ask me to drive him to the Shinnecock Reservation that both he and Dirty had blood ties to. One time after a trip out there, me and Papa Wu began talking about the night that ODB passed. It must have been difficult when the guard departed,
0: man. ODB. I was in my crib. We was having a baby shower for my son Freedom. And his girl just had a baby, and we were sitting there. And, um... I got a call and said, yo, man, your brother wildin' out. They called me up and told me he's in the city wilding out. I said, what you mean he's wilding out? One thing led to another. The next thing I got a call, nobody never told me he passed away. They told me that he's wilding, come get him. Get him out of here. So when I got to the city, I came in, walked in, and seen my brother laying on the floor. You know what I'm saying? In the studio at 36 Chambers,
1: he's laying there stiff. ODB collapsed at Wu-Tang Studio, 36 Chambers, on the night of November 13th, 2004. He suffered a heart attack and was pronounced dead by paramedics when they arrived. It wasn't just Papa Wu who rushed to the studio. Raekwon also got the call. Here he is speaking about that night on Vlad TV. When I heard yeah,
2: crying my heart out, raced up to the studio, And he was there, man. You know what I mean? But he had a smile on his face. Like, he had a face of bravery. Like, he like, this is where I want to go right now, my nigga.
1: One of Dirty's names was Osiris, the Egyptian god of life, death, and the afterlife. Raekwon, like Papa Wu, could see transcendence in Dirty that night. Word spread, and ODB's family and other members of the clan came to the studio the sight of ODB at peace was hard to square with the suddenness of Lois. Ramsey Jones, ODB's older brother, arrived later than most. I got on the
3: train headed up to 30th Street and West Side Highway. <clears throat> I walk in front of this building and I see news trucks outside. And that's when it hit home for me. That... Like, he was gone. I just sat down, like, looking with my head to the ground, like I like in shock. My mother told me that she was there with my sister when my brother was lifeless on the couch, and she held my brother's hand. She said all the men were crying. All the men in the studio were crying. Ghostface was there, he broke down. Reza, Mook. I just couldn't accept that he was like gone. You know? Because you see, he experienced so much during the time he was successful, and he overcame it.
1: ODB's wake was at the historic black church, St. James Presbyterian in Harlem. Fans came. Cousins, siblings, friends, and collaborators said their goodbyes. Inside the church, at the foot of the altar, Dirty Lay open casket in a crisp white suit with a scarlet tie. When I got to the uh, church and they had
3: the ceremony, I just, like, bawled all night,
1: man. Do you remember anything poignant that stood out at his funeral? Any... Words I know Rizzo spoke and a lot Rizzo of. Rizzo spoke.
3: spoke, but you know, I was grieving so much that I I, I shut everybody out. I was like bawling over him not being like dead. I couldn't even really go into detail what eulogy people were giving or what words were being said. I was just stunned that he was dead and, and trying to come to grips of his passing.
1: During the eulogy, Rizzo spoke about two of the names his cousin had embraced over the course of his life. Up on that podium in a crisp white suit, Rizzo spoke about the power and wisdom that A Son had when he embodied that name. When he became Old Dirty Bastard, success followed, but it cost him the power that son Unique had.
2: He changed his name to Old Dirty Bastard. That was the name that I gave him. I asked forgiveness for that, as well as. It's like sometimes a man makes the name, but sometimes
1: the name makes you. As he became old, really Bastard, he became more successful, but yet he went further away from Aeson to I love to hear RZA talking about Aeson that way because, you know, RZA probably knew him more than anybody else in the world knew him. More than ice more than Papa Wu, more than any other gods, you know what I'm saying? Like, ODB and RZA all like the same person, just different aspects of the same person. Many a times I've watched that video in the past, and I, I always appreciate just hearing Riz's take. It's real because what Riz is saying is sometimes a name makes a man, and Asan was his righteous name. That's when he came in the name of Allah. ODB, Old Dirty Bastard, was more of a persona, And that's where all of the wild antics and all of the wild shit came in, you know what I mean, when he manifested himself in that way. For Buddha Monk, who had been at Dirty Side since the beginning, the funeral was incomprehensible.
4: The crushing part for me is when they start showing the videos because here it is, for my first time in a church, they're playing hip-hop music in a church, and they're playing and they playing shimmy, shimmy, y'all. They playing it, and as they're playing the beat, they're just showing little cuts of me and Dirty going back and forth on the stage. bro, I broke down and started crying. The minute that video came up, that's all you could hear was crying throughout the whole entire place. Mommy came back there, and she was holding me. She was like, I know this is a lot for you. Everybody just sat with me because they knew that The dynamic duo just got hit. Batman is down. You know what I mean? After that funeral was over, I booked me a ticket to Europe and I stayed in Europe for like 10 years. Touring. I wanted to be on the outside looking in. I couldn't deal with it. I left. Right after the third day of Dirty being gone, it hurt me so much. I had to just leave. I just booked the ticket,
1: and I, I went. Buddha's grief would take time to heal. In a video shot on the day of the funeral, Papa Wu was asked a few questions about the loss of Aesan. He was somber and reflective.
0: Yeah, man, where we come from, we ain't had nothing. We was kids that never had nothing. Took nothing and made everything out of it. You know
1: what I'm saying? Took nothing and made everything out of it. In those few words from Papa Wu, there are a thousand lessons and all you need to know about who ODB really was. But when I asked Papa Wu about Dirty's death years later, he talked about Dirty's passing in a different way. For Papa Wu, the God was still with us. Not physically, but in a different form.
0: I'm the type of person, I don't believe in death. So when I see him laying there, it was hard for me to believe. that just his body was still, but I still see the life in him. Like, he wasn't dead, he just couldn't move and talk to me. But I never seen death. See, I never seen death. Right to the day, you can't get me to say Dirty's dead. Because <laughs> I don't see no death
1: in him. This was a message Papa Wu would share with me often. He was at peace with Dirty's absence in this dimension because he felt Dirty's presence in other ways. Papa Wu kept Dirty with him at all times, and I've taken that lesson on board too. It's got me through some tough times. In terms of the 5% nation's teachings, physical death is not the end of life. The way I see it, is that death is an illusion. You know, there is no death. Our concept of death comes from our identification with the transient. You know, our concept of death comes from our identification with the body, something that begins and ends. So we look at it that when this physical body is exhausted, then we're dead. But this can't be farther from the truth. You see, what you are is mind. What you are is spirit, you know what I'm saying? You're not something that begins and ends. You know, you're something that remains unchangeable as God created you eternally. Coming into this world is incarnating into a dream. Death, what we call death, is really not anything final as an ending. It's more or less you waking back up to the reality of what you are. You know, the key is to live a life of forgiveness, Forgiveness means I see beyond illusions. You know, the illusion of separation, the illusion of limitations. We think that there's something to do and to achieve, but in reality, all you need to do is forgive and let go and return back to reality, return home. What's that? It's come right there. Right here, it's all dude? Yeah. Wow. What's going on, bro? I'm trying to, um, peace, peace. Back in March, I brought my producer, Taylor, to Harlem to visit the Allah School, the headquarters of the 5% Nation, the nation that would teach ODB that he was, in fact, a god. But those teachings wouldn't fully prepare him for the challenges that he would eventually face. Harlem is very important to our history as black people in America. And no matter what day it is, the spirit of our community is always present.
3: We're live on the scene of, Uh uh-huh, and then what we have to realize today, everyone here in New York, is that it's possible only if you believe. Amen, amen. (laughs) Have a good one.
1: The school has been around since the 60s. It might look unassuming, But in the 70s, brothers would gather here and exchange the wisdom of black empowerment. This space not only shaped the young Russell Jones into a son unique, it also fueled a revolution in black music. Because cyphers, rap battles, the slang, and so much of the building blocks of hip-hop came out of the school here. What's kind of uh, a particular memory
3: you have of your time together in this space and, and building with him, or just?
4: Uh, man, see, Aeson uh, is his own memories. Everything every was outstanding
2: with him.
1: This is Dark Kim. He's an MC and a 5%er. Dark Kim spent time with Aeson at the Allah School and knew him through music circles. Like so many, Dirty's memory was a blessing to him. These days, he's kind of like an elder. <laughs> Every time you see him, it, it's a box of chocolates. Uh, <laughs> probably that right there, you know that I would say that. You is a sincere 5%. The law school has a power when you're there. As we talked, my mom went back to the countless stops that I made there. I feel a peace here that I rarely feel anywhere else. When you get this knowledge right, you
0: don't believe that any outside forces is going to
1: impact what happens. This is a central teaching among the 5%ers, that every God is in control of his own life that every god must manifest his own destiny. When I gained knowledge of self, it helped me to understand who I truly am as an unlimited person. I also think this gave Dirty the power to realize his purpose as an MC. But for some, that power came with the downside.
3: It provided a mechanism that allowed him to catch his breath. The downside is it ultimately cost him life.
1: This is Dr. Anthony Penn. He's an expert on black religion in America from Rice University.
3: I think it's a greater dilemma for five percenters than it would be for folks who claim Christianity or claim Sunni Islam, in which there is this community in which vulnerability is understood, embraced and worked through. Why? Because there is something bigger and better than you that is ultimately in control. But if you're a God, to whom do you turn?
1: Maybe this is why Dirty struggled sometimes. Being a 5%er gives you the license to go out there and build. Dirty did that. I mean, he kept planets in orbit. But the nation was born in a racist society that tells black men that they're less than. The 5% nation's teachings were in part an effort to put some power into the hands of young black men to define their lives for themselves. I can speak to the power of that message and the salvation it offered. Manifesting in your own universe in a hostile system works up to a point. But what it doesn't do is erase the laws and institutions that work against men like Dirty. Even as a 5%er, you could still have struggles or weaknesses. When the wheels come off, there's nowhere to hide. It's up to you. So when things go wrong, It can be a lonely place to be. Dirty's lawyer, Peter Frankel, was with him in some of his most vulnerable moments.
2: There were times where he wouldn't go out of the house, where he was terrified. A young guy who was incredibly successful, was one of a kind, had his best days ahead of him. There'll never be anybody like him again. But the amount of pressure that was placed on him by the public, by law enforcement, by labels, by everyone that wanted something from him, I'm telling you, it was overwhelming. And he expressed that. He expressed
1: that multiple times. He kind of just wanted to be left alone a lot of the time. He fulfilled the promise to his best friend, Buda Monk, that he was going to be somebody. But that wasn't enough to relieve Dirty from the insecurity that so many black people live with every day in this country. Dirty was naturally a wild brother. It's even harder to contain a guy like that when they're one of the gods.
5: Uh, How can I say this? The white media doesn't always understand the complexities of being a black man in America. And as a white man, I don't really understand it the way a black man does.
1: That's Dante Ross, ODB's a and friend.
5: When I first started working with him, as wild as he was, he still had Papa Wu around, he had Isoline, he had his kids. His foundation was much more formidable. As he got more famous, those things dissipated. And he, um, there was other people around him, and drugs suck, you know, I'll leave it at that.
1: Dirty's fame came because he was uncontrollable. But that unpredictable creative energy also isolated him from the foundation that held him down.
6: A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice, fulfill his
3: oath
1: In March of this year, I returned to Bed-Stuy, Franklin and Putnam Avenue, with my producer, Taylor, and ODB's biographer, Jamie Lowe.
6: I think it was like, I don't know, six months
1: ago? Not that. It's here in Brooklyn that Dirty's memory is more closely held onto than anywhere
6: else. Wait, I'm sorry, what's this place? It's a restaurant that replaced the bodega that he used to
1: go to. Dirty's music plays in the bodegas and at street parties. You see Dirty on posters. You hear him quoted in conversation. The people here love him and remember him because he put a spotlight on them, portrayed them as they see themselves.
6: It always makes me really sad to think about
1: him. A lot has changed since the Jones family black parties of the 70s, but passing through the corner today where Russell found his voice, you'll see that Brooklyn hasn't forgotten its beloved son. I used to be over here with Papa Wu back in the day and Uncle Freddie and all of them. They're on the corner of Putnam and Franklin. Just a few blocks from where he grew up is a mural commemorating Dirty. It's a callback to his famous Welfare Card album cover, and it dominates the streetscape. There's a real innocence in the way the artist captured his eyes and expression.
6: It's been here for a a long time.
1: They even redid it because at some point somebody vandalized it. I remember they redid his face. You're not supposed to disrespect ODB.
5: Thank you so much for bringing it to me. This is a good
1: walk. Jamie spent a lot of time thinking about what exactly it was that made people so drawn to Dirty.
6: He was so deeply talented. Like, he produced some of the greatest songs in hip-hop. And I think that he wanted to represent all of the different layers of who he was and that those names did.
1: What qualities of his music or of his artistry made him singular and distinct within the major label rap landscape?
6: Well, let me ask you a question. Have you before or since ever heard anyone who sounds like ODB? Never. Yeah.
1: Never. Never. Totally unique. And that's could his never, name, A-Song Unique. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could
6: never hear anything. Like, immediately when you hear his voice, you know exactly that it's him. And I'm not completely convinced that there's another person you can say that about. His voice, his, like, guttural quality to the way he sounds, it was, like, natural. I felt like... One of the reasons that audiences really connected with him specifically is because he was so relatable and authentic and true to where he came from and what he represented.
2: I think in the pantheon of hip hop, Old Dirty Bastard will be regarded as one of the most original MCs to ever do it. One of the most creative, one of the most innovative. And also one of
1: the freest spirits as a human being. That's music critic, Skiz Fernando.
2: I don't think many of us have encountered a figure like that in our lives. Someone who could be so free. None of us on this planet are free. We're all slaves in some way, whether it's slave to the dollar or slave to an ideology. Aeson Unique was completely free. And everyone could see that. And that's why I think he had so many fans.
1: Dirty wasn't beholden to anybody. It's the reason why he's still in the culture.
5: Wu-Tang was dangerous on some level. And Dirty was dangerous. As comical as he was, shit could happen. He touched the nerve with a lot of people.
1: Dante witnessed up close how ODB changed hip hop.
5: What's crazy about Dirty is the young rappers, the new kids, they all want to know about him the most. He's the most intriguing.
1: When ODB passed, Wu-Tang lost the leader, a brother, and the glue that bound them together. Dirty had been a pillar of the clan since the beginning. When it was just him, RZA, and Jiza honing their sound. And that spirit remains with members of the clan after his death. In 09, five years after ODB died, Raekwon released the song Aeson Jones on the sequel to his classic solo debut, only built for Cuban Links Part 2.
2: It came about because my relationship with him. Nobody asked me to make that song. That was a song that I wanted to make because of my relationship personally with him. That song, that beat was produced by Jay Dilla. I don't even do that song at shows because it's so personal to me. But um, to have one of the greatest producers and then one of the greatest brothers and a friend of mine, my artist, whatever you want to call him, that that record I spoke from the heart. I try to keep it real. You know, he's a powerful general. He's a general to me. The smell from his breath was Valentine. Valentine L's. He was a powerful general. The smell from his breath was Valentine. I think it was the year 89. He stayed the freshest.
1: To me, what Ray caught in those verses is what we've been trying to convey in this series. Dirty had multitudes. He was fun, a leader, wild but grounded, wise and lighthearted. Years later, Raekwon's song only had to touch on a handful of personal moments to show what Dirty meant to everyone. We, like, 18 years in the
4: ground. Soon to be 19. And I still push the Brooklyn Zoo. I'm still pushing for the artist and making sure people listen and remember his songs and remember him. I want to make sure that the world know and understand, like, he was never confused about his music. He was never confused about his life. The only thing he was confused on how much he could let his people down out there who believed in ODB. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Ramsey, how's it, how's it going, going, man? I'm oh, good. Nice to meet
1: you, man. Pleasure. 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 Nice colleague. to meet you, Taylor. Taylor, yeah, yeah. yeah Come yeah, in, yeah. guys. Here Dirty's brother, you. Ramsey, welcomed Taylor and I into his queen's home on a cold Monday afternoon back in March of 2023.
5: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: Inside, Ramsey was tending to a batch of jerk chicken that his wife was preparing for a retirement party.
3: This is the first interview I've ever done where
5: there's been
4: amazing well, jerk chicken. Can I do something about the jerk chicken? I don't mind. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Ramsey is a warm soul with a deep respect for our history. The Jones family aura was definitely coming off of him. I can imagine this was the kind of atmosphere that made Dirty Love by so many people. something mm, amazing, My sister, my
4: sister. I told you
1: it wasn't too hot. All these years later, we're still talking about him. We're still exploring his legacy. He was a free spirit. That's
3: all I could say. He loved entertaining people and just the life of the party, like Uncle Freddie was. <laughs> and he encapsulated that even on stage. He made a major contribution to hip-hop. I'm proud that he left a legacy. I'm proud that people love him all over the world. He will always be my brother, Russell Jones. That's how I'll remember him as. Very fun-loving, sweet, funny as hell. <laughs> he was beautiful. He was a beautiful cat. Like, to this day, all the years that we've been playing with Jizza and the many fans have come up to me and says, your brother's music changed my life. You know, and to hear that, it's like, wow.
1: Yo, Mr. Ramsey Jones, we just want to appreciate you and say thank you, brother, for I having us, I want to thank man. you
3: for giving me the time to talk about my brother's legacy and history. So thank you both. Thank you.
1: Personally, I think Dirty was enlightened. Like, ODB is going to be considered crazy by a lot of people because he didn't take this life so seriously. Most of the time you saw him, he was joyous. And being that he wasn't afraid, he was free. Most people color within the lines because they're afraid of judgment. You know, he didn't have any fear of judgment, probably because he wasn't so judgmental himself. So because he wasn't projecting judgment, he didn't feel limited by it. Sometimes I feel like ODB, I know he's with me, and when I listen to old conversations I had with Papa Wu, I remember something powerful that he told me.
0: He ain't departed. Dirty sitting right here with you. Dirty asking me these questions right now, not you. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's how I see him, because I see him through you. So when I'm sitting next to you and you asking me questions like that, see, he never departed because he never went nowhere. Because he's right here with you and me. Every time I talk, I see a flash of him sitting there. So, like, me and him sitting back here talking. And he came back to you. That's why he never went nowhere. Because he's sitting right here in this lot with us right now. That's what's giving us the power to do it. You know how I know, though? Look at the sun shining over our head. So bright. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So that's how deep it is. It was
1: 2019 when we lost Papa Wu and it's been hard to process his loss. But the lessons he left have helped me to deal with his absence. His conviction that Dirty hadn't left at all was unshakable. He saw Dirty in the weather, and he felt him in the energy of a room. He saw Dirty in me, and his belief never faltered. Papa Wu always took time to build with young brothers, and Dirty was the same. He always took time to speak the truth to the young black youth. That's what I try to do now, to continue that tradition of speaking out and speaking to. As an artist, I always considered myself a visual MC. In my photography and my films, I never shy away from capturing the gritty and harsh reality of life in my own city. My pictures try to capture the beauty in the people that are often looked down on. This is what Dirty did with his art. The way he wrote rhymes and spat bars, that's what I'm doing with my eye. Dirty knew he was special. It was others who doubted him. When you hear him speak, there's a confidence that's not boastful, but has conviction. It's the spirit of a leader and the prophet.
0: Who dirty here, you know what I'm saying? To entertain for y'all, you know? Yeah, hell yeah, I enjoy entertainment. It's like being free to me. I stand out like a shiny star.
1: ODB didn't live in fear of failure, of conforming, of anything. Maybe that's what the god ason Unique is trying to remind me, to remind us all. A Sun Unique is produced by Novel and Talkhouse for USG Audio. The series is hosted by me, Khalik Kala. The series was written by Taylor Jones and Mohammed Ahmed. The producer was Taylor Jones with additional production from Muhammad Ahmed. Production support from Lee Meyer. Our researcher is Zayana Yusuf. Our editor is Veronica Simmons. Our executive producers are Georgia Moody and Max O'Brien for Novel, Josh Block for USG Audio and Ian Wheeler for Talkhouse. Production support for USG Audio by Josh LaLongi. Production management from Cherie Houston and Charlotte Wolfe. Our fact checker is Dania Suleiman. Willard Foxton is creative director of development. Sound design and mixing by Daniel Kempson. Location and studio recordings by Michael Gino. Original music composed by Tom Yum. Special thanks to Sean Glenn. This is a USG Audio podcast. For more information or to check out our other podcasts, go to usgaudio.com. For more from Novel, visit novel.audio.
0: novel.